Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Love Better Podcast. I'm Scott. I'm Emily. And today's podcast is all about being present. And we are so excited to have Michelle Correo and Art Billingsley with us. They have an incredible story, an incredible friendship that they have developed over the years. And we are so glad to have you. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Good to be here. It's so good to have you joining us all the way from where, Fort Wayne, are you? Yes. Uh-huh. Thank you for making the time to be with us, guys. Michelle and I met um, a little over a year ago, mm-hmm. and I was told by someone I trust very much that you had an amazing story, and I needed to hear it. And she was right. Our friend Rebecca was right, and um, we ended up working together on your book. And I got the privilege of helping you write the book that you've been hoping to write about your story. And that book is about how you met Art. (laughs) Yes. And so tell us a little bit about how you two met, which is going to be the springboard for this entire podcast. Sure. Um, Happy to. And thank you. This is a a wonderful opportunity. Um, I guess first I will mention because this we're coming up on the anniversary of when Art and I met, Bet, and so um, this is even makes it even more special just to be doing this. So we met September twelfth, um, actually nineteen ninety six. So coming up on the anniversary of twenty four years. Now that we've known each other, wow. Actually, I will have to say that I celebrate the anniversary of um, September twelfth. But um, I was coming home from work um, late one evening after being uh, out of town, and I was—I actually came home and walked up to my door, and um, the next thing you know, I was on the ground, and I have no idea what what happened until I lifted my head, you know, to feel um, this warmth running down my face, and um, this voice come at me that said, if you scream, I'll use this, uh, as he shoved a gun in my face. And um, from that, he drug me to my backyard, and there were two other um, males in my backyard waiting. And from that point, they uh, proceeded to talk about what they were going to do and tie my hands behind my back. And Um, blindfolded and gagged me and ended up putting me into the trunk of my car and um, taking me to some remote area um, in a garage, ended up getting me out of the trunk and um, taking me into a garage. And they uh, all took turns sexually assaulting me that night. So, you know, it's kind of an out-of-body experience, so it's kind of hard to talk about what I can just tell you that there's no feeling to describe that, mm-hmm. but I feel like I really lost my life that night in the garage. They then placed me back in uh, my trunk of my car, and I went unconscious, and um, I remember coming to slightly, but I came to when I heard this voice, and it was a, a more stern voice, and it was a different voice, so... I took the chance and I kicked on the trunk of my car. And that's where I heard a voice come back at me that I could not believe. But the voice said, I am Detective Art Billingsley of the Fort Wayne Police Department, and I'm going to get you out. And I think at that point was like, I seriously felt like this is, I'm dreaming that like this is a nightmare that I just need to open my eyes and this really, cause now this nightmare is turning into a dream where my life is saved. Mm-hmm. And it was 
the moment that I'll never forget, and I'm sure Art won't either, but it was when he finally was able to, you know, get me out of the trunk um, and where our eyes, you know, just met. And it was like, okay, I knew that, you know, this was real, but my life was saved, you know, and even though I felt like I lost my life in that garage, and I did in some circumstances, but, um, you know, it's almost like this new life was coming out and, um and so that's how we met, was that, you know, right before midnight on September 12th. He was able to catch one of the guys that night, and the other two fled. Now, I've heard the story. I helped you write it. And never once do you tell the story. I don't just get chills. It makes me emotional every time I hear it, because I see the life that you're living now with your family, and you're helping women you know, you do this with your life and art is helping people every day of his life. I hear this story and there's so many questions that I always want to ask. And I've never had the chance to ask you in person, Art, what was going through your mind in those moments when you heard that thump on that trunk? Well, that was definitely um, something that I was not expecting. And yeah. to actually even go into a little bit more prior to us meeting, um, I remember that night very well. Uh, because I just got done with an investigation at one of our local hospitals, and I remember being tired, and I remember driving home, and I pulled into my parking spot, and I told myself, no, Art, don't go in yet. Drive around like you normally do. And what I normally do sometimes when I get off work, I'll just go around different restaurants, just drive around, taking a peek, just looking around, making sure everything is okay. And so that particular night, I did that, and I drove around, and uh, that's when I saw the gentleman. They were outside of uh, the vehicle at that time. They were by a business. And when I first saw them, I didn't know if they worked there without taking a cigarette break or something. So I didn't flash my police lights at them or anything, you know, just more of just a wave, uh, so to speak, you know, with eye contact. But then they took off running, which let me know that, no, they not employees there, you know. So um, I spent my car around because it was in a field area and drove around. And then that's when I uh, found the car kind of like hidden like in a wooden area. And so um, at that time, like I said, the car was just sitting there, no lights, it wasn't running or anything like that. But when I stopped my car and I remember kind of like reaching for my flashlight so I can go and see why is this abandoned car here. And then that's when the car doors opened and I had three guys trying to run from the car. I was able to catch the one uh, guy and I um, brought him back to the vehicle. And then that's when I heard the thump uh, from Michelle's uh, trunk. And like I said, at that time, I just thought I had, didn't know what was going on with these guys. And then to hear that sound, you know, just really threw me, you know, made me, wow, something else is going on. You talk about the moment that he pulled the back seat down. He couldn't get into the trunk right away because your keys were MIA, probably running down into the woods. And he pulled the seat back, the back seat down. And mm -hmm. that's the first time that you saw each other's face. And you said yeah. that that was a moment, that was a pretty powerful moment for yeah. you. Yeah. What were you thinking when you saw his face? Gosh, I mean, the first thing that right now came to mind was relief. Other things kept going through my mind when I heard his voice and took the chance to kick on the trunk was I thought, 
oh my God, I don't know that I can live through this. I'm going to, I mean, I knew anyway that I was going to die. I mean, there was no question in my mind the whole entire night. I knew I was going to die, but I did everything that I could have done that I thought would help me live. Um, so, you know, still a little apprehensive, like what is happening? But when I saw him and our eyes met, I, I don't even know how, what words to describe that, you know? You I mean, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know, perfect being almost God had sent him there and you know that's a whole story in itself too and um you know as Art and I have built this relationship and you know been able to talk to each other about it um however difficult sometimes it has been because we were both there you know right. and it's you know different but you know we've been able to talk about that and talk about how we felt and talk about what happened that night and what I witnessed and what he witnessed and you know really me in every possible direction and talking about it you know Emily and I a few weeks ago we happened to be up in Fort Wayne we were having dinner and Emily said you know what I don't think it's very far from here where Michelle was found and so um, just through some texts between Emily and Michelle, we ended up going to the scene uh, of where this took place. And for us, it felt very surreal just knowing the story. And that particular area, it, 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 it's, in a, it's in an area where I don't think anyone would really have stopped to really pay attention to what was going on which makes you such an incredible human being. Uh, thank you, sir. Thank you. For paying attention. And I wonder, sorry. Um, Tears are a normal thing on our podcast, so it's all good. So for you, Art, um, that whole listening to your gut, you know, and listening to that intuition that you had to ignore how tired you were to go out and, and take that, that that pass again, how has that affected your day-to-day, not only just in your job, but but at home, you know, with your family, of just that thing of listening to your gut? Yes, and, and you know, to be totally honest with you, at first, that's what I thought it was, just listening to my gut. But, you know, as, you know, as I'm, you know, after meeting Michelle, you know, and stuff like that, I know it was definitely a higher calling that mm-hmm. sent me over there. Mm-hmm. So I want to say it was my gut. I think someone else said, I know Art, go over there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. I believe it. And and I don't think it's coincidence. We are people of faith. I don't think that it was a coincidence that she was in that trunk praying mm-hmm. and that you were here. Go, go take one more drive around at that moment. Yeah. Okay. There's no mistake. That was not a coincidence. Right. Because that's what I had. I mean, I just, I felt such peace, prayed in the trunk, you know, peace knowing, you know, I mean, because I knew I was going to die and I just, all I could do was pray to God. I mean, I prayed to God that I would live so that, you know, I could see my mom and tell her I loved her. And um, now Every time I leave somebody, it's always I love you. Mm-hmm. you know, I don't have any regrets. So many good things have happened out of something so horrible. More good things have happened than yeah. bad. Yeah, and talk about that because I know from just walking through the story with you that there were moments where you did not 
know how to proceed with your life and how do I heal from something? How do I come back from something like this? Talk a little about those those days when you kind of were putting one foot in front of the other. It just seemed like just when you were like, I don't know what to do next. There might be some little thing, some person would say something or Art would call and, and have, you know, check in or there would be something along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were lots of those moments. If you present and witness them. Mm-hmm. So um, since we're talking about, and I love talking about being present, um, it's so vitally important, especially in these days. And I don't know that we really realize what being present is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when you first were asking me that, the first thing that came to mind was being present with your own self um, is a gift. And again, we don't take, you know, we're, I just wanted to be better. I didn't, you know, that's all I, that's all I focused on. I want to be who I was. I don't, you know, I, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to be who I was. You know, I'm so, not gonna, yeah, before, before you were attacked by these strangers, before your life was saved, you just wanted to go back right to what was normal for you. Right. Okay. Yeah. Whatever, you know, yeah. And I was, I was fighting that, you know, to go through that pain and that suffering and that, you know, because that's what we have to do. We have to face that pain and go through it and realize it. And so I had to be present in those, in, in feeling my feelings and going through it instead of saying, I'm not going to feel this and push it away. Because all that did was create more, I don't just created more pain and um, suffering and, you know, I still was in that place. I wasn't moving forward. Like, as long as you tried to avoid the pain, walk the other way, not look at it, not think about it. Right. It made it worse. Correct. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And I tried it. Trust me. I tried every single way to go around it, over it, under it, you know, <laughs> instead of going through it. You know, it's, um, and I realized, I realized that's what I had to do. And mm-hmm. um, then I then even though it felt like I was taking steps back, going through that pain, really going forward, right? right? Because I'd wake up the next day and go, okay, this is a good day. I'd wake up the next day, maybe it was a bad day, but realizing having a bad day was really allowing myself to take steps forward, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you feeling, the, feeling the pain felt bad in the moment, but it tended to make better days possible. Is right. That accurate. Right. Yes. Yeah. And letting, allowing myself to do that, you know, and, and especially I didn't want to look weak, mm-hmm. you know, so I had to give myself permission. And that's, you know, I say that so often, I, I, we need to give ourselves permission to do that. We don't give ourselves permission often enough to, um, you know, feel or to, and it's not really a weakness. I think that's no. being yeah, courageous and strong and to let our feelings show. You know, so, yeah, yeah, I think that's huge. And I learned that through all of this, but that's something that I learned. Art, um, this had to be traumatic for you. And I'm curious to know from you, the the days after, how did those play out for you just in terms of you processing what happened and just the reality that you saved Michelle's life? Well, I honestly did not feel like that. I I was really like kind of like upset with myself thinking, how come I couldn't have been riding down her street before this happened and stopped it then? Oh, man. Mm. Mm. You know, 
And, you know, I just always just knew what she went through. And so I was kind of honestly always felt numb about it where I really didn't even discuss it too much with anyone. So, you know, it was just, I don't know how to explain that part. It was really weird for me in a sense that, you know, it was just tough to deal with as far as just thinking about what happened and why wasn't someone there sooner, you know? Mm -hmm. Sure. And that's the definition of a hero. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yep. You were pretty young in your career at that point, weren't you? Yes, actually, I was uh, two years on, actually, yes. Wow. Wow. So there wasn't a lot of training for what happens when you walk up on that situation, a, a really a crime in progress. No, not at all, to be honest with you. And, and um, like especially like for me being on, just having two years on the department at the time when this incident occurred, you know, it was definitely, you know, uh, even more shocking and things of that sort as far as dealing with it. Mm-hmm. For sure. How has this experience, this relationship with Michelle and her family over the years, how has that shaped you? I, I, I feel really blessed, you know, to be considered to be part of their family. Um, you know, and it's, it's really nice watching her and, you know, their family and stuff and seeing how they are. And then I, you know, kind of, you know, just admire it, really, you know, and just, you know, kind of copy a little bit. Well, sure. For sure. And that's when uh, both people become heroes to one another, I think. You know, I see that happening. Mm-hmm. Where She always talks about you being her hero, but I can easily see how it goes both ways. Yes, definitely. Now, you guys do a celebration every year with your families. Yeah, we always, um, well, we have an outing, but we celebrate life together, you know, all, all the time. Um, so it's it's been fun. But, yeah, we always take a day and we go to King's Island together, all of us. We didn't kind of get to do that this year. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah, because COVID kind of messed everything it up for that. Did. I'm yes. sorry. Yes. But it's kind of cool. On September 12th, I always call Art, and he probably, I don't know whether he thinks this is goofy or not, but I always say, oh, I just have to hear your voice. And you know it been this many years since we met you know um so i celebrate that day because my life was my life was saved you know at the beginning i it's i always know when september you could not put a calendar in front of me and i would know that it's september what is it about it that yeah it's the weather it's you can all tell right now fall's coming on you know Mm -hmm. but it is it's the weather the smell of the air the you know, it, yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. it is. Your yeah. body knows. Yes, that yeah. Is um, so this, I'm going to see Art on Saturday, actually, on September 12th. So we're going to go to Fort Wayne. So that would be great. Yeah, that's my great. whole family, as a matter of fact. So you're stuck with us. <laughs> but it has been, I mean, talk about being present. You know, we, it's such a blessing that we get to share our lives together. Um, uh, because that's a big part of my life like meeting art and to get to celebrate life together. I I think that that's a rare occasion. I, you know, it's really hard, I think, for police officers and do in the, the, you know, I've gotten to speak lots of different places and art has um, spoken with me and working with first responders. It's really interesting question. How many people have come back and said, thank you to you. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, haven't talked to 
I mean, maybe a smidgen of a percent that I've heard that from maybe one other officer that they have heard from somebody else or, you know, um, so it's not common. It's not common. So I feel super duper blessed if we could be that example, you know, Mm -hmm. for that, but to be present in each other's life and we've had our kids and go to each other's weddings and, you know, have fun together has been just a blast. And knowing that we have this bond that is indescribable. Mm -hmm. You just can't Mm -hmm. describe that. Definitely very unique. And thinking about our listeners Mm -hmm. and what being present means to a majority of our listeners and, you know, all the way from young parents to, you know, we're, we're, stage now where we have a lot of our friends and we're kind of in the early stages of helping our aging parents. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, and even in my own life as a pastor, I can think of so many times where I'm absolutely exhausted at the end of the day. Yeah. And I might get a phone call from someone who calls into our church and says, I need to talk to somebody right now. You know, much like Art, what you were talking about, you know, you fight that internal desire to just shut down and just go and kick your feet up and do whatever um, at the end of a day. And what would you say to a majority of our listeners or all of our listeners on just the whole thing of being present in the difference that it can make? So I would like to, um, and then Art, I'd love to hear what you have to say, but I talk about this. I talk about being present when I speak um, and how much it means because we don't know what people, everybody walks around with a story, right? I mean, going on in their life um, no matter what it is but um, how do we treat one another in those instances Um, I knew going through that and how difficult that pain was to go through that trauma and that pain and to wake up every day and to try to do it all over again and not to feel safe and I had one friend that I depended on that was present but some other people that I met, I knew when somebody wasn't present and I just didn't want it. I didn't, I kind of said, mm-hmm. okay, I am, you're not present to I me. Yeah. I can't, I don't need you right mm-hmm. now. So what you know? does that look like? So when you, when somebody was not present with you, you knew. Right. How did you know? So I talk about, and I know this might sound goofy, but I talk about meeting Tony Dungy because Tony Dungy was the Indianapolis Colts um, coach. Well, some people say, who's he? Um, (laughs) So, but he talk about, my friends kept saying, come on, you got to meet him. You got to hear about me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm really like that. Like, no, I don't need to do. So I got up to meet him. He shook my hand and he never removed his eyes off of my eyes. Mm-hmm. And that made such an impact to me. I thought, my gosh, here's somebody that I thought didn't care, like big deal. But he never, there, there were like lots of people around. He didn't even look around. So it's about being present. And I talk about that. I and I, I make somebody uncomfortable in the audience by going up to them and shaking their hand and looking at them in the, their mm-hmm. eyes. And they're like, you know, it's really mm-hmm. uncomfortable. But talk about being present with somebody. I don't care if that's two minutes. That makes the biggest difference in the world. And that's what I tell somebody. If you can give somebody your undevoted attention Mm -hmm. for one minute, two minutes, the difference you can make impact can save their life. Kindness goes a long way. Um, Even if somebody's not kind to you, if, if you don't know what trauma they're going through, you know, and I, I often talk about, you know, somebody taking your order in the drive through and they're not 
um, you know, maybe they're having a bad day or something. If you're nice back to them, it changes their whole demeanor, their whole, it does. that somebody really cares about them, mm-hmm. you know? And I am sure that people got sick of, because my everyday life was living with what happened to me, you know? Right. Um, everybody else was going on with their lives, yet I was, I felt like I was being tugged back in life. Like I couldn't move forward, you know, seeing art somewhere, you know, where I, I finally found the independence to move out, you know, uh, you know, to live independently on my own after my assault and there art was, you know, mm-hmm. so you'll have to read the book to find out yes. more about that, but, um, Teaser. you know, just those moments of, uh, you know, God showed up and was present or somebody God put in front of me, you know, mm-hmm. showed up. Mm-hmm. And, and they were present. just paying attention. They were tuned in. Right. right, exactly. And now I, you know, it's just like meeting you. How yeah. did that happen? You know, and it's it's only by the grace of God and how you were present in walking the journey and helping me tell my story, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So well, it was a absolute joy. There is something so redemptive about being able to help you share that with somebody who might be going through something like that and thinks I can't survive this, you know, and to think about that person getting their hands on your book. I was like, yeah, we're writing every, every <laughs> little detail that we can remember so that someone out there who thinks I can't live through that or an officer out there who thinks, you know, this is too hard. You know, this job is too hard. I can't do this to realize the, the difference that a day can make and, and you know, a, a simple choice can make in somebody's story. You know, mm-hmm. it can be a turning point. We talk about it all the time about how just being tuned in, giving somebody kindness in a moment when they maybe are in a difficult place and don't know how to ask for it, to be able to overlook that and, and tap into somebody's spirit, you know, just by your care that can be a turning point in somebody's life in one minute right yes if art didn't wasn't present that night my story would have turned out differently right so it might not have been told i i don't think that way i'm hoping i don't want to think that way but you know it's it's funny when you say that uh talking far as like you know being present and I think a lot, like far, especially like with work for me. And um, one of the fun traffic stops that I had, um, I was traveling down the road. I'm about a block away from the intersection, and the light is green for me. And I see a car just go straight across. You know, I mean, didn't slow down or anything. And I'm like, whoa, okay. So I get behind him and I do a traffic stop. And there was a female driver, and she had a male passenger. And she apologized right away. She like, I'm sorry, we were arguing. I wasn't paying attention. And so I immediately looked at him and I said, okay, I tell you guys what? I said, sir, I can give you a ticket. And I think I made up an amount like $250. I said, or you can take her out to dinner and buy an outfit, which way you want to do it. And he just like looked at me and shocked me. Like I'll take her out by myself. Okay, great. All right, you guys have a nice day. Go, you know, and <laughs> no, you don't sorry. know what you may have done for that couple, you know, um, 
you know, you save them money in a ticket. No one was hurt or anything. So, you know, you're allowed to do something like that as far as, you know, it's your discretion. And so, you know, I hope that, you know, that night everything worked out better for them. Say mm. about that. And then in that, like in that same breath, when I'm with other um, officers or detectives, when I'm training them, because I do a lot of training in the detective bureau as well. And so, like, I try to tell people to, um, you know, you're someone else's voice, you know, and so you need to help them out and do what you can. You need to treat each investigation separately because you know what someone else has been through um, or maybe going through in the future, whereas this year may help them out as far as dealing with it, no matter what type of, you know, incident we may be speaking of, uh, especially when we're doing like crimes against person when you have um, small children involved. And those children need a voice. They can't speak, so they need for you to do what you can. And so that was one of the big things, because I know that lesson was actually taught from me, from a senior detective. Uh, what he taught me was, he said, Art, never look at the clock while you're at work. And I was like, huh? You like, because that's what you do, because sometimes when you're doing an investigation and you're looking at the time and you think to yourself, okay, I got an hour and a half before I'm done. So and I still got to do this, this, and this. So you may you know, end things quicker than what you should. So he taught me that. And so therefore, I don't look at the clock and I just work. And then, you know, unfortunately, you might find yourself getting home late sometimes. I'm <laughs> looking at that. You might find yourself getting home late because I'm like, I didn't know the time. I didn't look, you know. I <laughs> my boss, said my boss that, told me my to boss stop looking me, at the right? clock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, when you were talking earlier and you said, you, you said, I'll tell you about one of my fun traffic stops. So the first thing that went through my mind was, is there such a thing as a fun traffic stop? I don't know. Is there? <laughs> you made well, it. I, I also stopped Michelle one time. Oh my gosh. Do you want to tell him about that? Oh, yes. yes you must. Mm, I better not. I might get in trouble. Oh. <laughs> I'll let Michelle tell it so I don't get in trouble. Oh my goodness. I thought, I'm getting pulled over. What did I do? Oh my gosh. I pull over and Art gets out of the car. I'm like, you are kidding me. I mean, I was so happy. I was so nervous. And I thought, I was so happy to see them. Yeah. And then I, I had just got muffins. So I said, okay, here. <laughs> Gosh, it was so funny. Was she disobeying the traffic laws? No, actually, no. I spotted her and saw it was her. Yeah. So you, so yeah. Funny. That is awesome. Yeah. One thing about Art, he's kind of ornery a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I would think you'd have to do something to make that job a little bit more fun. Yes. Well, this has been oh awesome doesn't even describe it. Um, I, I am so excited for our listeners to take all this in. Um, and we are going to have a link to Michelle's book. Yes, yes, yes. On lovebetter.world. And we cannot wait for you guys to read it. It is... It's an incredible story. Yes. I can't even, like, I, I don't ever say, oh, you should read something because I wrote it. You should read it just because it is the most amazing story. And it is just another reminder that you have no idea what a day holds. And when we are passing people, you know, on a daily basis, doing whatever it is we're doing, there is an opportunity to make a difference in someone's life that we have no idea is in front of us. And, and we're listening to our gut, but I'd also like to 
echo what you said earlier in that we we believe that when we get that gut feeling that it is divine guidance it is god speaking to us to help us help each other and to me that's that's what makes the world a little bit better yes yeah. definitely. we definitely i definitely agree well i have to say something um before we close because this to me is monumental like i will never forget this day because I mean, you've walked this journey with me, Art's walked this journey with me, and we're together. Yeah. And isn't that so cool? This is the first I mean, time like, that we've all been able to have a conversation at the same time, you know. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. Thank you. And do you guys have any advice for people out there? They're like, I don't know what being present is. I'm just I'm trying to get through the day. I mean, I really think that um, our story, our just meeting each other is the proof yeah. of being present. You know, it's also, I think because we, you know, met, we are able, I mean, it's taught us so much to make a difference, you know, and I think then hopefully we're hoping that then that teach, you know, we've been an example for other people. Yes, I strongly agree. I feel like I should probably point out, if it's not already obvious to listeners, I think a big part of being present is what I hear from you 27 every time we talk is gratitude. Hmm. The act of gratitude, even the fact that you have continued to have a relationship with one another and stay in each other's lives really came out of gratitude, you know, that you wanted to make sure that he knew how grateful you were that he saved your life and, and you continue to be grateful and that gratitude when we are grateful for the moment, we're in the moment. We're not out there trying to figure out what's next or what's behind, but we're here and now. There's something of gratitude that grounds us to the present moment. Yes, absolutely. I'm thankful for every single day. It's made me appreciate every single day. And I, you know, thank God that, you know, there was a point where I didn't want to live. It was too painful to go through, but I'm grateful that you know, I made it through that pain and I'm grateful to Art every single day for listening, you know, answering that call or listening to that nudge, you know, that God just said, go back out, go back out. I mean, we've all had those exhausting days. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, Scott, it's, yeah, where, and I've had that too, where I get a call and I'm like, <laughs> because I know what it's like being, you know, calling somebody and being that. You know, like I'm sure people are tired of me, but I got to talk to somebody, you know, I have to, I don't care what they're doing. You know, honestly, I need help like now. Um, So that call that you get makes a difference, Mm -hmm. you know? So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's been amazing. Mm -hmm. I feel really blessed to have this opportunity. So, well, we, we are blessed to know you, blessed to meet you, Art. Um, I hope you meet again. Yes, yes. There should definitely be a launch party for this book. Oh, there's going to be. Oh, yes. Yeah, for come, sure. come to that party. You will also come, and we will meet and have a picture. He doesn't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Well, well, He's going to be the star. Yes, we will no. make sure your speech is clear that way. <laughs> your manager said. Yeah. Your manager did get, get us all together and connected. So thank you. Thank, thank you, you. Leslie. You're welcome. <laughs> so tomorrow. Yeah, happy anniversary tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, anniversary. 20 years. Wow. 
We made it 20 years because I'm the manager. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it Definitely right here. We want to see you. Uh -huh. <laughs> Can't argue with that. Yeah. <laughs> That's so well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you for having us. Thank, thank you, Art. Love you guys. Bye, Art.